Um, it's been said that the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world it didn't exist. Yeah. I believe the second best trick the devil ever played was creating people so obsessed by him yes. that they focused all their time on him. Yes. So there are two mistakes, an overemphasis and an underemphasis. The overemphasis is everything's the devil. There's a devil in every cup of tea. I stub my toe on the furniture. Oh, the, the furniture devil must have moved that couch and I stub my toe. I failed an exam. Devil, devil's just wiped my memory supernaturally. Maybe it was because it was at night and you stub your toe because it was pitch black. <laughs> Maybe the reason you failed your exam because you didn't study well enough. The other is very uh, is a lot more common. It says the underemphasis. There is no devil. We live in a very scientifically, you know, science is the foundation for a lot of our society and a lot of our a lot of our community. We live in a very disenchanted society where things are things are scientific and pragmatic and logical and and computers and and all that sort of stuff. Um, just, but there are supernatural forces out there. I believe. And I also believe that seeing isn't believing. There are things in this world we take for granted but can't see yet still exist. Do you believe that a million dollars exists? Of course you do. Has anyone ever seen a million dollars cash? Yeah, put your hand down. Where's my bit? Thanks, Liz. So one person here. I'm jealous of you, but I would like to see a million dollars cash. That would be really cool. Was it drug money? Don't answer that. <laughs> I believe a million dollars exists, but I ain't never seen it. Do we believe that the air we breathe exists? Of course we do. We can't see it. Do we believe we get light from the sun? Well, yeah, you can see that, but you can't see the actual light rays. And yet science has this idea that this stuff exists, but we can't see it. And I want to propose that same idea, that this idea of supernatural, there's stuff in our world that we can't see, yet still exists. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be unraveling a biblical perspective on supernatural. What it means, what is some other parts, Louis is going to be preaching later, and Mark's going to come back from his race, and... And we're going to have a look at it in a little bit more depth. And, but the solution to this idea is to gain a biblical perspective on what supernatural is. When it exists, who it exists, how it takes place, etc. I encourage you guys over the next four weeks and forever but to take notes. We're going to be covering a lot of ground. I'm going to throw out some scriptures. I don't have time to read them all. I'm already running behind time. Um, so write stuff down. because, And you go back and read it. There's amazing amounts of stuff in the Bible about this. To kick us off, reading from Ephesians chapter 6. So Paul writes to the Ephesians and he's encouraging them. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I should never try and transition from the screen back to my computer. It never works. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
in, in churches, in Christian world, we talk about, in the Bible, talks about the Trinity. God exists in three persons. The Father sits up on his throne. Jesus, who he sent to earth to die for us. And the Holy Spirit, who, who works in this world at the moment, because Jesus is back up in heaven. And the Holy Spirit's working in our lives, in the lives of our friends, and in our situations. The Holy Trinity. But I also want to propose there's an unholy Trinity. There's the devil. The, the angel that got cast out of heaven. I learned this at Bible College, Peter, by the way. The devil is an angel. He is in charge of, 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 all, the, of all of hell. The world. The Bible talks about this idea of the world. That everything outside of there is attractive. That the world seems to have this presence. Our society, our culture, there's this thing. And the Bible talks about don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. The devil, the world, and the flesh. Paul encourages people, he says, don't fall into the flesh. We were born sinful. We were never born perfect. We we're born sinful, born separated from God. And it's our flesh. And Paul talks, talks about in the Bible, he says, why do I sin? And why can't I do the things I want to do? And why do I do the things I, can't, I don't want to do? He said, it's the flesh. It's the fact that we're born of a sinful nature. And we've got to continually be trusting in God. And when, when I heard that and got that at Bible college, I was like, that puts everything into perspective, that the devil uses influences in our life to, sub, to, to, to distract us. In the art of war, if you're a warrior, you would learn one of the most important things to do is know what your enemy's up to. You can't fight an enemy if you don't know what he's doing. You can't fight an enemy unseen. If you can, if you can predict what an enemy's going to do, you can be able to defeat him. So the devil has a strategy. The first part of the devil's strategy is he blinds the minds of unbelievers. So this is people that don't yet know Jesus. People that are our friends, our co-workers in our schools. These are people that, that aren't interested in God yet, but the devil blinds their minds. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. If God wants something, then the devil doesn't. If God wants people to hear about Jesus and come into church, you can bet your bottom dollar the devil doesn't want that to happen. So if we're trying to bring our friends or our, or our school friends or our work colleagues or our neighbours or our family, you can bet your bottom dollar the devil is doing everything in his power to stop that happening. The second thing that he does is he steals God's word. So the Bible, our scripture, he steals that. Matthew 13 says, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is not sown in his heart. One of the best ways to do that is to just have discipline in your life to be continually reading, reading the Bible. Take notes so you can go back and reread scriptures. Um, get into an Elevate group. So we're going to hear about this stuff Sunday and during the week we're going to talk about it a bit more. 
So we can reinforce that scripture, reinforce what God is saying to us in our lives. The devil sets traps. He leverages our weaknesses. Remember I said about the devil using the world and the flesh? The devil's not stupid. That would be a big mistake for you to think the devil's stupid. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where you itch and he knows how to scratch. He knows how to just leverage off the, the things in the world that can really affect you and things in our flesh that we, we just struggle with. Paul's writing to a guy named Timothy. He says, one day they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Imagine if you're trying to give up alcohol. What's the devil going to do? Mate's going to rock around with a keg the next day, isn't he? Imagine if you've got a problem with finances. What's going to happen? IKEA catalogue in the mail next day. Thank you very much. Oh, man, but I'm struggling with finances. But, man, that stuff in IKEA looks great. It's really not that big of a drive. He knows how to push your buttons to get him to do what he wants you to do. He fights to stop the work of of God. He's not reactionary. He's proactive about stopping the work of God. He left heaven by choice to come to earth because he wanted the power that God has. Therefore, he will stop to do the work of God. Don't be distracted by good things. Focus on God things. For we wanted to come to you. This is Paul. He's writing to some guys in Thessalonica. And he says, For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. But Satan blocked our way. Satan blocked doing what Paul wanted to do for the kingdom. Imagine if you're like, I, I want to start giving more to the church. I want to start, I want to reach my 10%. And then the car engine blows up. Rats. Just put a big dent in that, didn't it? Imagine if you're trying to, trying to repair a marriage. You know, I fight with Colleen all the time, just ask her. But imagine, but imagine if we were going through a serious fight and the devil is getting in there and he's like, I'm like, man, how am I going to do this? And it just, man, I could just wear, yesterday, she wasn't a fight, but she was just having, she was like cranky. She was like, babe, there's these sand footprints that go from the kitchen around the table and then back around the island bench because I was chasing my daughter around. And I'm like, why? They're not, oh, they're really big. And I'm like, dang, they are so my footprints. And Kelly's like, Kelly's like, babe. And I'm like, sorry, we didn't erupt into World War Three, but it was pretty funny at the time. Imagine if you were trying to bring a friend along here, once again, coming and trying to, our, our evangelism strategies to engage, invest, invite, engage in friends, invite them along here, invest in their lives and then invite them along here. Imagine if we're engaging, investing in someone that's like, yeah, I think this is a good opportunity to, to bring some along. Oh, look, man, you know, my cat died or, oh, hey, man, look, you know, um, kids got the flu or whatever. It's like, man. Just struggling to achieve what God wants us to achieve. Got to understand this. The devil hates you with more venomous hate than you can ever imagine. 
And it's a myth that following Jesus, life will be all smooth. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The devil wants to devour your marriage. He loves divorce. He wants to devour your kids. He loves to get them hooked on destructive sin and distractions from God. He wants to devour your finances, your health, and even your relationship with God. And that's all pretty depressing. So what's our strategy? Are we just going to stand, sit back, and let this go? You know, this morning we had a team meeting, and I was like, guys, I don't have anything to say. We're going we're gonna to do spiritual warfare, um, and it's going to be tough. And we're going to listen to a song, and we just stopped. We went quiet, and we listened to a song that was just energetic and pumping. No one walks into battle. We charge into battle. We have a plan. We have a strategy. And here is what the Bible talks about. Romans 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Uh, did I go too far? No. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. So when the devil attacks, all of that stuff really plays on our feelings and our emotions. People not coming to church, finances, um, sandy footprints around my table, um, beer rocking up, the Ikea catalogue, all this stuff plays on our emotions and our feelings and how we feel about our relationship with God. You need to know that your emotions are, and your feelings are unreliable. Romans says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be renewed. Have a fresh perspective on what God says is happening and what is going to happen and what can happen. The devil is a liar. One of the things I learned about the devil, and and this this helped me a a lot when, when learning about how the devil works, is... The devil will often tell you what is true, but he will never tell you the truth. Man, I'm having a really hard day today. I think if I smoke crack, that would really help. It probably would, wouldn't it? That's the devil tempting you. I'm sure that would help. What's the truth behind that? You're going to go broke. It's very, very, very bad for you. It's not healthy. It's taking you so you can't focus on God. All you're thinking about is drugs. You become addicted and, and, and life just slips away. Young te- I'm a youth worker. I work in, uh, work in high schools. Girls, what's, my, what's the easiest way to gain a healthy self-esteem? Sleeping around with guys. I want, I want guys. I want to be loved. I want guys to fill my love tank. I think if I jump from bed to bed, that it's going to make me feel great about myself. The devil's telling this young girl that that's true. Guess what? It is. For now. But what's the long term? It's, it's never going to sustain. It's never going to fulfill. There's always going to be something missing. The devil will often tell us stuff that's true, but he'll never tell us the truth. The truth that... If a young girl is sleeping around, 
guys, it's, there's always going to be something missing. It's, it's going to depress you. you. Emotionally, you're going to be d- just torn between all these people you've slept with. And the guilt is going to build up unbearably. Temporary fixes. Never chase after temporary fixes. Never rely on your emotions. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We've read that already. Here's the next bit. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. And I was preparing this last night, and I just put that in there. And after you have done everything to stand, I reckon there's someone here this morning, and the reason I know that is because I prayed about this last night. I reckon there's someone here who's done everything they can to stand. Who's had enough. The devil's been attacking for a while. This is going to be some good news for you this morning. After you've done everything to stand... Are you ready to give up? Because I think you should. Stop trying to do God's job for him. Let God heal what needs to be healed. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I could preach for a year on this passage. This is great. In addition, I'm not going to. Please rest. It's all right. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests. I'm going to break that down a bit and try and get through as much as I can. Number one is the belt of truth. Book of Romans 8, 6 says, So letting a sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Yep. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. That's good news. Letting the, the truth is that if you let God control what's going on in your life, it will lead to life and peace. Satan is the father of lies. He's the father of tricking as well. But the truth is that God wants to bless us. God wants to look after us. There's blessings coming in. There's blessings coming out. We're an overcomer simply because Jesus died for us on the cross and wants to save us by Jesus' sacrifice. The Bible says, greater is the one who lives inside of me than in the world. Greater is Jesus that lives in me than what the world has to offer. That's the truth. And no matter what emotional turmoil you're going through, you need to remember stuff like this. It's all in the Bible. God has plans to bless me, to prosper me in Jeremiah and give me a hope and a future. It may seem lost, but God has a plan. Sounds like Hannibal of the A-team. i got a plan. I love it when it comes together. He does. He has a plan. 
God is working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's the truth. And we need to remember it. Do what it takes in life to remember these truths. The helmet of salvation. We are right because of with because we are right with God because of who Jesus is and what he did. Remember I said before that we are all born sinners. And we choose salvation. When you know that your mind is protected. Here's something else I learned that in, in Bible college it changed changed a lot of my thinking. Um, guilt is from the devil. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And they're both very different. Guilt says, guilt just, just it's like a stone in your shoe or a prickle in your shorts. It, it's just irritating. And it makes you annoyed. I know when I'm annoy- most annoyed and agitated, it's because I've sinned and I'm irritated by it. And it annoys the out of me. Yeah, sorry, Baden. But you can tell the difference between what the devil's telling you and what the Holy Spirit's telling you. The devil is harsh and he's untrustworthy. And he and he just and he irritates and he pokes and he prods. That's guilt. It doesn't say in the Bible that God makes us feel guilty. It says that Jesus died and took away my guilt. But the Holy Spirit convicts, he drives, he says, rather than from a negative aspect of guilt, he says, I think you should do this. In the long term, this is going to be good for you. This is a better way of living your life. And the Holy Spirit, if you allow him, will work gently in your life. The conviction of tomorrow's salvation should drive us to righteousness because we love God for what he has done for us. It's easy to say, well, I'm safe tomorrow so I can smoke crack today. (laughs) No. I'm so convicted by the fact that Jesus died for every sin I ever commit and ever will commit that I want to be so righteous for him and best the best person I can possibly get. That's convicting. That's not the devil filling me with guilt. Does that make sense? Can I get a nod? An amen? Great, thanks. Good stuff. Breastplate of righteousness, once again. Right because of that God sent Jesus, not because of the good things I do. This breastplate, it covers us and it protects us. God doesn't look at our past, so leave it where it is in the past. Don't keep replaying sin. You are righteous. You're not going to be. You are righteous. As of here and now and today, if you follow Jesus, you are righteous. You tell that to the devil. Actually, be careful. He'll get pretty annoyed. You are righteous. Leave the tell him anyway. You reckon? We're going to get to that in a minute. The past is the past. Leave it there. We have the shield of faith. How many negative thoughts come into your mind? That's good. Me too. After what you did, do you think God really loves you? Your marriage is always bad. You always yell at your kids. You're always broke. You'll always be sick. These are thoughts the devil puts. He uses the world. He uses our flesh. He uses the things to put those bad thoughts in our mind. This goes hand, this idea of having the shield of faith, that goes hand in hand with this idea of the devil 
trying to take away God's word. That, that the Bible is stories of faith and how God never leaves or forsakes his people. He'll always be there. That's God's word. That's the truth. That's what's going to build our faith. And the devil is trying to take that away. Can you see how these strategies go hand in hand? Yeah. I'm glad I'm doing an all right job. Are we listening to God? Faith is about listening. God says, go and do that. And, you, and we say, okay. God says, I want you to love that person. God says, I don't want you to give. God says, I want you to invite that person to church. And it's obedience. And if God says, do it, and we do it, that's faith. And we need to know that the Bible says, if God says, do it, it's going to be all right. We don't need more information about faith in God. We need more inspiration to trust him to look after us. The next part of our strategy is that we have the shoes of the gospel of peace. So the gospel is good news. The gospel says that all the stuff I ever did is gone and Jesus fulfilled that. See, if I become irritable because of the sin I've done in my life, am I peaceful? If you doubt me, ask my wife. I'm a pain in the neck. And I reckon when I deal with irritable people, it's because they're dealing with something too. What's the best way to deal with sin? Confess, repent, claim the salvation of Jesus. If someone's problem in life is the fact they're dealing with some sin in their life, isn't the answer to that the gospel? That Jesus lived on this earth, he died for our sin. He made us righteous here and now and forevermore. And that we have peace through that. Isn't that peaceful? Isn't that message peaceful? You know, I went through this whole series. I'm going to jump off my notes for a second. I went through this series with someone at this, this passage at work. And I was like, people are like, oh, when stuff's going wrong, just claim this. And okay, so what are the shoes of the gospel of peace? Oh, well, the gospel is that Jesus did this and Jesus did that and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care. How is that going to change my life tomorrow? Take this from an idea off here and put it into your world. Because if not, this is information. And the Bible is not information. The Bible is meant for transformation. It's meant to transform our life. During the week, I was in Lake Grace. I hope you never have to go there. Damn, the drive is boring. I went to Lake Grace and, and we had to run a school program. There was a lady there and um, and she's a Christian lady. She's she's cool. Um, but she was always late. We were in a program. We run a, try and run a t- tight ship and we train people because it's, it's vital and it's important. And working with teenagers these days is tough at the best of times. So, look, we run a training session. We, we lay some biblical foundation. We have some helps, uh, some tips and stuff to help during the day. And she couldn't make it. I'm like, look, I understand that. Coming in the morning, late. We do a debrief during the day. It's important to make sure people are okay, that the program is running smoothly, and that the kids are, are, are doing well. Not there. End of the day. Cool, we want to have a debrief. We want to get some feedback. I want to encourage some people. Not there. My BS filter is not too bad. It's getting better. And I picked up on this lady very quickly. And I knew 
The devil was leveraging stuff in through her world and through her flesh. She was operating out of a real spirit of rebellion, a real spirit of, of independence, ultra-passive-aggressive. And the reason I tell you that is because this is not an idea. It's how does this practically work in my everyday life? So what did I do? Normally, the old me, what the heck are you doing? You got it. And I just would have gone off. I would have reacted emotionally instead of out of the gospel of peace. And I just like, no worries. And because I was aware of it, because I, I, I believed something and I could see that something wasn't quite right, I was able to use other mechanisms to control this situation. She was in a group with someone. Hey, can you just keep an eye on this? I made sure I swung past that group and just encouraged them with how they should be going rather than telling her no. If someone's got a if really rebellious, you don't try and butt heads with them, not in the front of young people. Because I, because I was aware of this, I knew what was happening, I knew what was coming up, and I knew that this person just needed more of Jesus. She was fine, but she just needed a bit more of Jesus. The sword of the Spirit. When we understand the origin of attacks, so when we understand where things are coming from, we know how to attack back. This is the Holy Spirit that lives in us. The sword of the Spirit it, it, it is the fact that the Holy Spirit had revealed to me something about this lady that I was dealing with, and, and I could attack that, but not attack that in a mean way. I could attack that and fix the situation without being confrontational. I could fix the situation because I was aware of it. Not relying on the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you is like having a gun with no ammunition. I encourage you, your homework, read Matthew chapter 4 and read how Jesus dealt with temptation. Jesus was talking face to face with the devil and he interacted in an amazing way. So Matthew chapter 4, read it during the week. All of this stuff here is protects the front of our body, doesn't it? Belt, helmet, breastplate, shoes, and a sword. The back of us is quite uncovered. I laugh at Leighton Hewitt playing tennis when he gets frustrated. Buddy, you're the only one responsible for the game going bad. You're the only one out in the court. I love basketball. I'm a basketball guy. When something goes wrong, the rest of the team blames someone. (laughs) But it's like... The church is designed for a community where we protect each other's back. We run elevate groups so we catch up during the week so we during the week so we can pray for each other. We come here so we can learn about this stuff. Church is not a solo sport, it's a team sport. And it, um and if we're involved and if and if we look after one another, if we live in this genuine community, we can look if, look after each other. And finally, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Even if you can't tell, prayer has the power to protect. You know, I got a message. Um, I got a message last night from 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 Ricky out the back. Thanks, Ricky. Amazing. And uh, she's. I've been praying for your week. I'm like that's awesome. And I knew I'd, I knew someone had been praying for me. At least someone. 
Because I was making some toast one morning for my kids. I was like, thank you, Jesus. That was amazing. And this thought about today's message dropped into my mind. That doesn't just happen. It prays because it happens because someone's engaged in spiritual warfare and been praying for me. My family aren't here because they're all sick. All of them, except me. I'm fine. Because someone's been praying for me. You said, no, I'm not going to ask what you say. We can't go into battle alone. We need to look after each other and we need to be praying on all occasions. Bible commentator Robert McChain, if I could hear Jesus praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. But you've got to know that when we engage with prayer and start telling the devil to nick off, it's going to get him really riled up, hey? And when we pray, yeah, I learned, I learned this that, um, you know, just, just to stop praying these sort of wimpy prayers. You know, I used to pray for, I pray for my kids. Um, if I, I put them to sleep, I pray for them. I'm like, just start off when I pray when I was a younger dad. I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, help Jess to have a nice sleep and thank you for her friends. And that's good stuff. But now I don't pray so they understand. I pray so that God understands what I'm praying. God, I want to pray for some amazing husbands for my daughters. And trust me, I want the best. God, I want my son to be a world changer. God, I want you to never stop calling my kids to you. God, I want to pray a sleep that has supernatural peace in their sleep. God, I want to pray that, that, when, that they have the wisdom to do what's right even when it's hard. God, I want my kids to be, to be worshippers, to be leaders. I want my kids to be amazing. And we step up our level of prayer in all occasions. But, but I wrote down in my notes, you got to be careful. The devil is not going to be happy. you got to take that chance about whether you say, yep, I'm going to pray this and I'm never going to stop. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Jesus says, you dear children. No, Paul said, no, John said, in 1 John 4, 4, it says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. What we fight with is greater than what's in the world. And and that's, that's victory right there. Going into a battle knowing you've won, that'd be awesome. I wish I'd go into a battle with my wife knowing I'd won. Good luck. Next week, we're going to learn about the Holy Spirit and we're going to learn about some other really, really cool stuff about this idea of supernatural. And I'm so, so sorry that I preached over time. I apologize. I had a lot of stuff. And, and I think if we have a solid foundation to this idea in our life that um, it's going to be good. It's going to be really, really cool. And I think we can really grow from it and take our church to a whole another level.
if you're not in a place at the moment where you're like, you're not rolling with Jesus too well, um, if you're like, I, I need a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit, I need the devil's ruining my life and I need to stand up for God and, and I need salvation, I need to be walking with Jesus. If that's you, if some stuff's resonating this morning, I want to give you the opportunity now to, to just put your hand up quickly in a second and um, just to say, God, I want to start following you. I want that peace. I want that gospel of peace. I want the belt of truth. I want righteousness. God, I want salvation. God, I want to know that, 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 you, that you love me. God does love you no matter where you're at in life. You've got to, you've got to know that. So I'm going to look around. If, if you're that person... If you're like, man, I just, I need something fresh this morning. If, you, if you've already made a decision, then you can be praying for someone else. Alrighty, let's keep praying against the devil's strategy. Let's get some people in here who don't know Jesus yet. If the devil's working on your friends, you're already victorious and you need to pray. I'm not saying you don't already, but let's keep praying. Let's us keep praying for opportunities. Praying against the devil's strategy. We can do that. Does anyone believe we can? Good. I'm glad glad something went through this morning. It's good. It's great. Neil, what's this morning's coffee, buddy? Mark's not here, but I'm still going to do this anyway. What's the coffee? Nicaraguan diamond, one of my favorites. It's good. I haven't had any. I need some more. Guys, have an amazing week. Take care.